I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to episode number 65 of Date Yourself Radio. My name is Veronica Grant and I'm a love and life coach for smart, ambitious women who feel like they have it all except for that one thing. If you're new here, a huge welcome to you. I am so excited to have you here. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and take a dip back into the archives and check out some of the older episodes that resonate with you. And if you'd like to listen to even older episodes, then go to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast and scroll through the feed there and you can make it all the way back to episode one if you'd like. And if you've been listening to the show for a while and haven't left a review yet, I'd be so grateful if you took a moment to leave a rating or review. It really helps to get Date Yourself Radio out into the world even more and helps to get this show in front of more women who need this support. So to do that, search Date Yourself Radio in iTunes on the search bar, and then tap Date Yourself Radio, tap the Reviews tab, and then you can tap a five-star rating. And if you have a couple extra moments, 30 seconds even, you can leave a quick review, and I would be so appreciative of it. All right, so I am still in Portugal, if you're listening to the show, around the time that it was released. We've been here for about a week. We were in Spain, actually, earlier this week, and then we've got another week to go. Now, I'm recording this before I left for Portugal, so I can't really talk about how my vacation's going. I'm not really sure yet. But I do know this. Before Portugal, I was really, really stressed. Not only was I trying to get myself together to get packed for a two-week trip abroad, I was also, I'm in the middle of wedding planning and getting invitations sent out. And we're also moving. When I get back from Portugal, I'm literally spending the night on an air mattress in our apartment. And then I am deflating the air mattress the next morning and driving to Denver. So we're really coming to the end of our time here in Dallas. And actually, Stevie's already been up in Denver for a couple months. And I'm here tying up loose strings, getting, making sure everything's getting packed up, 
everything's ready for the movers and getting our apartment ready to be rented out. So a lot is going on. And here's the crazy thing or the thing that was so hard for me is that I'm a go-getter, if you don't already know that about me, and I want to be accomplishing and doing all the things all the time. And I had to make a really hard decision that I was just going to take a step back in my business for a few weeks. And in the grand scheme of things, I know that's no big deal and it really doesn't change anything. But I just kept racing really, really hard to get all these big projects and big ideas that I have done in my business while also trying to move, also trying to plan a wedding, and also trying to get myself to Portugal for a couple weeks. And there just came a moment where I just had to tell myself, all of these things aren't going to happen at the same time. So I just gave a lot of things to my virtual assistant to take care of. And then the rest of the stuff, I just took a step back. And it brought so much space and relief into my life that when I once I created that space in my life, I actually realized how much I actually could get done in the space that I was giving myself. So let me explain. So often when we feel kind of stuck or we feel behind, whether it's behind in life or behind on a project, we try to scramble and we try to get even more done because we're looking for that small or quick win to give us a little bit of a boost. Like, oh, okay, I got to the next level. Now I can break. Now I can take a break and now I can relax. But the truth is, is that we never actually get to that point where we feel like we can take a break because we've gotten into this mental loop where it's never enough, where we've never done enough. And no matter what we accomplish, it's just never enough. So we actually end up wasting so much time just spinning our wheels and wasting so much time trying to feel like we're accomplishing things or feel like we're moving forward when really we're not. And this can totally apply to a project at work or something related to your career or your business, but it can also 100% apply to relationships. How often do you feel like you're behind in life and so you just try to date more, you try to go online more and swipe more, message guys more, but you just at the end of the day, you feel like you're just spinning your wheels. And at the end of that day, you're like, what the hell did I do today? So it's about saying no and just backing off and giving yourself permission to say, okay, this is not going to be my number one priority for right now. And the for right now can be a year or two, or the for right now can just be a few weeks. And for me, the for right now was just a couple of weeks while I basically just got my shit together and got to Portugal and then also got our, literally our shit to Denver. And what was so what's so interesting is the last couple of weeks before I before I left for Portugal um, and when I gave myself that space, it's amazing how many things started happening in my business that I hadn't even expected because I wasn't quote unquote working really hard for it. And that taught me a really important lesson that everything in your life has to be hard. Some things can just be easy. And I'm actually learning myself that I have a belief that things are supposed to be hard. The The really big things, the really great things we want in life, whether it's love or money or success or health or whatever it is, that we have this belief that it's supposed to be hard. But I think that's not actually really the case. I think things are supposed to be easy, but sometimes we don't allow them to be easy. And a huge way to make things easy is just to take a break. So I don't know if we have a two-week vacation planned at some point this year, like we're on right now, but what can you do right now in your life just to make your life a little bit easier, just to back off a little bit, to say no to something. 
And if you're feeling like you are kind of run down, trying to spin your tires, spin your wheels, whatever the saying is, and you're just running in all different directions and you want to say no to things, I have an amazing book recommendation for you. Last year, I read the book Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less, and wow, it totally changed everything. Now, before I read the book, I thought I was pretty good at saying no to things that weren't really 100% aligned with what I wanted to do or how I wanted to feel or what I wanted to pursue in my life and business. And man, did Essentialism set me straight. I realized how much more I could say no to. And think about it. Imagine if your every single day life, your day to day, you woke up and you only worked on the things and you spent time on the things, whether personal things or professional things that you were 100% behind, you had 100% alignment with. How much happier, more fulfilled and less stress and calm and excited would you feel every single day? And now before you think, well, you know, I have kids, I don't really have that freedom or my job or my boss is a jerk and he wants me to do this project and that project and long hours, then I want you to definitely pick up essentialism because it'll change the way you think about time and really how you spend your time and therefore your life. So to grab your free audio download from Audible, you can head over to audibletrial.com forward slash date yourself. And there Audible is giving a free audiobook download for all our date yourself radio listeners who sign up for a 30 day Audible trial. So again, to grab your book, Essentialism, or all the other titles that they have out there, but Essentialism is the book that I'm recommending to you this week, then head over to audibletrial.com forward slash date yourself. All right. And speaking of getting unstuck and to stop spinning your tires, let's get on to today's episode. So today my guest is Shira Taylor Gura, and she is a well-being coach and author of the book, Getting Unstuck, Five Simple Steps to Emotional Well-Being. She created the stuck method to teach people how to turn their stuck spots into sources for energy and positive change. She's a regular contributor to the Huffington Post and has been a guest on several podcasts, including the award-winning Entrepreneur on Fire. She lives with her husband and four children in Israel. So as you listen into our conversation about getting unstuck and moving forward in your life, no matter what you're stuck on, I want you to consider these questions. Are you stuck? Do you know if you're stuck? Sometimes we're stuck and don't even realize it. So are you doing the same thing over and over again, but not getting anywhere? Are you often angry or irritable towards other people in your life? Do you not treat other people very well? Do the people in your life not treat you very well? Do you have trouble letting go of anger, disappointment, or frustration? Or are you stuck on a desire or an obsession and it takes over other parts of your life? So this is going to be a really juicy conversation. And Shira actually walks us through the five steps to emotional well-being and to getting unstuck. So if you're listening to this podcast while you're doing something else, make sure you re-listen so you can write down these steps because these are things that you can do over and over and over again every time you feel yourself getting stuck. So without further ado, let's get right into my conversation with Shira. All right, we are back and I've got Shira with me. Hey, Shira, welcome to the show. Thank you. 
I'm so excited to have you and to talk about some, I think some pretty good topics, some pretty, maybe even tough things that are hard to, like a hard pill to swallow. But when we do swallow those pills, good things start to happen. But before we get there, I would love if you could tell the audience a little bit about who you are, just so they know who they're listening to. Sure. So my name is Shira, and I am married with four kids. And I uh, originally am from the United States. I currently live in Israel. And I am a well-being coach. And I help people um, basically to get what I call get unstuck. So I created a, a technique called the stuck method. And I use that method as a tool to help people find and locate, recognize their stuck places, which I'm assuming we'll get into in a little bit. Yeah. And, and, and to recognize how they can move on from them and, um, and promote emotional well-being in their lives. And, um, and I'm the author of the book called Getting Unstuck, Five Simple Steps to Emotional Well-Being. Awesome. So I'd love to hear a little, I, I definitely want to hear about the stuck method and, and we'll go down that road in a second, but I would love to hear just a little bit. I'm always curious about my guests' background. So was there a point in your life where you just felt stuck and that kind of evolved into the work you do now? Or were you more of like, kind of like a born this way and now you're like the expert in help people oh, no, get unstuck? No, no. I'm, I was definitely not born this way. <laughs> Some people are, so I, I just I have to ask. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Um, you know, I, I, I think I probably was a, I would consider myself a stuck person my whole life, but I don't think I really realized how, how stuck I would get in my life and in my relationships mm -hmm. until, until I got married actually. And, um, I married a wonderful person and I'm still married to the same person. And yet I noticed, I noticed myself getting very stuck and when I say stuck I meant I mean stuck on um, frustration or stuck on disappointment sometimes stuck on anger um, on on different things that my my husband would do um, and I noticed how it was affecting our relationship and affecting me and affecting our happiness and at some point I was just like I something, you know, I, I need to figure this out. Either I need to find, you know, a therapist or we need to find a therapist or something needs to change. Mm -hmm. And it was through actually my blogging, which I started as a personal journal. And I started really with no intent of anybody in the world um, seeing it except for my sister and maybe my parents. Um, I started blogging on a regular basis and that basically grew an audience. Um, and the blog was basically sharing. I was, I was very vulnerable, very, and I still write this blog, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm very open about different places in my life where I got stuck. And it was basically through that blog that I created this method, this technique kind of emerged from um, that process of just like writing regularly and doing a lot of introspective work. And, and that, that basically, um, that's basically what happened. And then I created this method and all of a sudden I was like, I can, I can use this method. I can mm -hmm. turn to it every single day or anytime I get stuck. And, 
and and I basically transformed myself um, because of it. And um, and like I mentioned, there were people that just they found out about the blog. However, that happened, um, and basically people were identifying with my stories. They were looking at my stories and finding themselves in my stories and realizing how much this method basically could help them as well. And that's basically how this whole thing started. And then um, I started, I, I became a well-being coach and I, and I turned this basically into a business. But it all really just started with me looking at myself honestly mm-hmm. with a sense of curiosity and um, and vulnerability, and even I would say a sense of bravery. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's hard to do know. that. Yeah, yeah. So I want to um, ask a couple things before we get to the to the method. I'm just kind of, but, but well, let me let me back up. So you say you didn't realize that you were stuck, right, until you were mm-hmm. married. So. For someone now, like, what are some signs and symptoms of being stuck? So maybe someone doesn't realize that they're stuck right now, and they they might be stuck. Um, let's start there. So how do you know if you're stuck? That's a great question. Um, unhappiness, or um, maybe I would say not only just like a, a momentary un- unhappiness, but something that's a little bit lasting longer, not necessarily a clinical depression, but... Mm-hmm. Like like dissatisfaction in mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. Um, kind of snapping easily or reacting or um, responding automatically yeah, without without taking a moment to kind of like you know pause, think about what's going on, you know, consider if the other person really meant to hurt you or it was just you know whatever happened just happened and, and it, there was no, you know, ill will or something like that. Um, things like that, I, I mm-hmm. can probably think of more, but, but mm-hmm. basically like I, um, or any, any sort of tension really between a relationship yeah. it doesn't necessarily, I, mean, I use my husband as an example, but, you know, I said I was probably stuck my whole life because, you know, I had tension between in other relationships in my life, like in my family or with friends. Um, and I guess I never realized, I guess I never realized a, you know, that I was stuck in that and B that I was the cause of it. Mm-hmm. Right. I, Cause when you're stuck, you oftentimes point the finger at the other person. Right. And mm-hmm. you say like that they're wrong or they did this and it's because of them that I am unhappy or I'm insulted or whatever. And I guess I never realized it. It took me a while in my my life to realize that it's that that it's I who needed to take responsibility for how I felt and for my well being and for my happiness. Um, so, yeah. So yeah. it's been an interesting journey. Yeah, I think that's such an important point because um, I think there's this misconception, especially in romantic relationships, but I think relationships generally, where there's this common misunderstanding that the other person is supposed to make us happy or supposed to make us, you know, however we want to, to feel. Um, and then we, that person doesn't make us feel like that. So then we just get, you know, just, you know, have these expectations and then just get, they don't get met. And then it just creates this whole spiral. But the truth is, is that no one's responsible for making you happy. But the flip side is that you're not responsible for anyone else's emotional well-being either. So 
the two sides of the same coin, but <clears throat> I think that's just such an important point. So I appreciate that you, you shared that. So um, let's, let's get into the stuck method a little bit. So what is the stuck method? Now I know on your website, like it's spelled like S period T period. So does it stand for something or? Yes. So it's an an acronym. Okay. It's and it's, so it's five steps and each letter represents a step. So S T U C K and each of those letters represents a different step of the method. Um, And basically, as I mentioned in the, in the introduction, what this, this is, is basically it's a tool so anytime you're feeling stuck on anything, right, stuck on guilt, stuck on anger, stuck on anxiety, stuck on fear, stuck on desire, whatever mm-hmm. you're stuck on, you can turn to this and say, okay, I'm stuck. And if, if A, you know you're stuck, and B, you're interested in getting unstuck, then you could just use this tool, go through the steps. And I haven't met a person yet that hasn't been able to transform their experience by, by using this method. So... Um, do you want, do you want me to go through the method? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, Like the cliff notes version. Okay. The cliff notes version. Okay. Um, so usually when I, when I'm uh, doing a speaking presentation or a workshop, I like to take, um, an example and apply the steps to the example because it helps people who are Mm -hmm. not familiar with the step to understand it more. Okay. Um, is that okay with you? Yeah, definitely. Do you have an example or can I give you one? You, you can give me one. I, I have a zillion up my sleeve. So (laughs) well, I'm just trying to think, um, you know, of something that comes up in this community a lot, but um, maybe just getting stuck on the um, Oh, I don't know, maybe stuck on the idea that like, dating just sucks, or like dating is just a drag or it's, you know, is that a good example or not? Sure. Okay, sure. Great. So that would be like what I call the story. Okay. So all of us have stories in our minds. The stories are made up of our thoughts and our emotions. And the story that is... Yeah. yeah. So I just want to clarify. Yeah. I didn't know if you're going to go into it, but like what a story, like, like just be a little bit more clear on like what the story is. So like we tell ourselves stories about like, oh, like something happens, but we make it mean something. And that's the story, right? That's what you're referring to. Okay. Right, 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 right. Exactly. And that story is, um, it's, it's, it's a personal story, right? It's your own perspective of what's going on. So mm-hmm. that story might be in your mind, um, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily in my mind. Okay, so a story is something that's very, it's very personal. Um, it's usually unconscious in the beginning, actually, when it mm-hmm. first happens, you don't even know that you're thinking this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very one sided, right? It's, it's your own perspective of, of the situation. Okay, mm-hmm. and so in order to process through this um, stuff method, which I'm going to go through now, and the Cliff Notes version, um, again, there's two prerequisites. One is that you need to recognize that you're stuck, and again, it seems obvious. Like, of course, if you're, you know, if you're, um, if you're stuck on frustration because dating sucks, like, of course, you're stuck. But oftentimes, when we get stuck, we point our fingers again at the other person, right? And the other person is making us feel bad or the other person is making our life miserable. Mm -hmm. And if you are in that place and you're pointing the finger, you're never going to get unstuck. The only way to get unstuck is for you to take the responsibility to look at yourself and to see how you are going to respond to any situation that you're in. So that's the first prerequisite. And the second one is 
that you need to um, you need to have you need to want to get unstuck, which again seems mm. obvious. Like, of course, you want to get unstuck, but it's sometimes it's not obvious because sometimes when we're stuck in something, mm-hmm. and you can um, you can take it like anger, for example, when you're when you're in a when you're in a fight with someone and you're really angry, sometimes you don't want to get unstuck because yeah. staying angry serves you in that moment. So if you're stuck and it's serving you in one way or another, then you're also not going to get unstuck. So you have to really want to get unstuck. So those are the two um, prerequisites. I I just Um, want to point out, I think this is such good points and so, so important because especially with when it comes to love and relationships, sometimes we just get addicted to the drama, right? Like, I mean, watch like any episode of Sex in the City. <laughs> and those women are just addicted to talking about, you know, the woes of dating and men. And yeah, it's good entertainment. And it's fun. But like, yeah, like they don't want to get unstuck until like the last episode, and they finally get unstuck. And well, maybe they even still are, you know, you can argue either way. But, um, but, but yeah, like, I mean, and it's and it's so um, it's so interesting, because like, even recently, I've discovered that I'm addicted in some way to stress and to anxiety um and so it and it it can come up in any in all sorts of different ways like I just always feel like I need to be stressed out in order to get stuff done or to feel like it's I'm accomplishing things but it's I mean it's totally bananas because who wants to be stressed or anxious their whole life Mm -hmm. um so anyways I didn't mean to interrupt you but I just think that's such a good point just Recognizing that you're stuck is so hard to do and then wanting to get unstuck. It seems obvious, but sometimes we're just addicted to the drama. Yes, yes. So if you accept that you're stuck and if you are ready and you really want to get unstuck, then, you, then, then you're ready. Like Then you can go and go through this method. Mm-hmm. So the first step of the method is S, and that represents stop. And the stop doesn't necessarily mean stop thinking about your situation or your story because Mm -hmm. that's impossible. We can't stop our minds from thinking, but what we can do is take a pause from it by, by turning inwards. And whether that means closing your eyes, um, taking a breath, it it could be numerous things, but it's basically this step is, a way to practice mindfulness. It's a way to separate yourself temporarily from the story or from the situation that you're in mm-hmm. so that you can turn inwards. So you can you can think of this in a in a dramatic situation, right? Like if you're angry with someone or if you're in a fight with someone. So taking a pause might be walking away, it might be go taking a shower, it might just again might be taking a few breaths. And so this is like everyone tells me that this is the most difficult step of all. Um, Why? Because most of us are not used to, we're not used to pausing in Mm -hmm. our lives. We're not used to taking those steps. And if you don't take the time to pause and the time basically to reflect on the fact that we're stuck in a situation, then there's no way you're going to get unstuck because you're just going to be in this kind of like rat race of the story. Yeah. Okay, so if we had time, and if you were in a workshop with me, I would be, I would 
walk you through a stop right now, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do um, the Cliff Notes version. So I'm going to go sure. on to the next step. Okay. So the next step is T, and T is for tell. And this is the step where you access your emotions. Basically, what you're doing in this step is figuring out, you're identifying, you're allowing yourself to feel whatever emotion you're feeling. So typically, when we're in a in an emotionally challenging situation, we typically run away from our emotions, right? So mm-hmm. if you think about fear or, or um, anxiety or any difficult emotion, we typically don't run towards it. We're not excited to go towards it. We typically run away from it or we try to cover it up um, or we resist it. We do lots of different things in order not to feel our emotions. And if you do that, you're just going to stay even more stuck or even get deeper into a stuck place. The moment you allow yourself to feel your emotion, feel it in your body, allow yourself to feel it, go towards the emotion, that is the moment that you're going to basically begin this this transformation because you're going to realize that feeling that emotion is not going to be as huge or drastic or dramatic as um, as we typically make ourselves out to, to feel. Yeah. So in this situation, um, in my book, I have a, I have a chart. It's called the, the Stock Method Chart of Emotions, and it's broken down into seven major emotions, and then next to each major emotion is, a, um, is a, an emotion that's connected to it. And so basically you could open up that chart and you can circle um, or, or just you know look at, identify which emotions that you're stuck on. So in this situation, when we're saying um, you know dating sucks, it could be that I'm stuck on um, frustration. You know, it could be that could be the that could be the emotion. It could be many others. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be stuck on uncertainty. It could be stuck on anxiety. It could be um, it, uh, many many emotions. But the idea mm-hmm. is like t- to pinpoint what are you what are you feeling and allow yourself to feel it. You're you're human, mm-hmm. right? We're made up of emotions. One more thing in this step is that. Typically, when we say an emotion about ourselves, we typically say it like this, I'm, I'm angry, right, or I'm frustrated. And when we do say it like that, we're kind of implicitly saying to ourselves that that emotion and I are the same thing, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm Shira, I'm angry. But that's not the case. I'm, I'm not an angry person or I'm not a frustrated person. I just happen to be feeling that emotion right now in this moment. And for that reason, I recommend that people say it in a different way, which is I'm stuck on and then the word, right? So Mm -hmm. I'm stuck on anger or I'm stuck on frustration. So just like I can be stuck on frustration or I can get stuck on anger, I can also get unstuck from it. Yeah. And that's a really, it's an important, it's like a very, you know, minute little, it seems maybe not so important, um, but it's huge. Using oh, yeah. As, it's way more than just right. semantics. I mean, because you say something over and over again, you just identify with it. I've yes. really tried to clean up, you know, my language around things, too. And I, I hadn't thought of this, but I'll definitely include this in my own toolbox. But, you know, for me, one thing that I stopped saying is, oh, I can't afford it or, oh, I don't have time. Because mm-hmm. to me, like, 
it seems like no big deal, but it really takes the power away from you because like, oh, I'm a victim to time and money. Whereas I could say instead, I'm choosing not to spend my money there or I'm choosing to spend my time elsewhere, right? Like you're still in the power. And it's like, it's not semantics. Like it matters. Like it really changes the wiring inside your brain. So I'm, I'm totally behind you. So anyone mm. doubting you, I second that. <laughs> I second you. <laughs> Great. Okay, so the next step is the you, and that's for uncover. And this is the step where we basically access our thoughts, our beliefs. In other words, what are we, what are we thinking about this situation, right? So we just did our emotions in the T step, and now in the U step, we're saying, what are we thinking? And in this step, basically, I encourage people, I, I encourage the people that I work with and the people that, that um that follow me or my book, I encourage them to write because I find that writing is, is such a therapeutic tool. Even if you're not a writer, even if you're not a, you know, an author, you don't have to be, but just to be able to take the thoughts that are in your head and take them out of your head and onto a piece of paper or onto a screen so that you can look at them and reflect on them and investigate them is also, it's such a, um, it's such a valuable tool. So in doing so, you would write or say to yourself, if you weren't writing it down, each of these statements, each of these thoughts, starting with the words, I believe. And the reason I suggest that is because it will help remind you that perhaps this thought that you have is a belief, but not necessarily a fact. And so in other words, you might be able to separate and distinguish between is what I you know is what I'm thinking is this a, a, a belief it's just a what I'm thinking it's a thought or is it actually 100% true and then at the end of every belief statement you actually ask yourself is this 100% accurate is this 100% true mm-hmm. you're basically giving yourself time to do a little bit of self-inquiry yeah. And so we're going to do that now. We're going to, I'll, maybe we'll come up with like one or two belief statements around the story that we're, we're working with. And when we do that, there's some words that you can look for, such as should mm-hmm. uh, or needs to or always or never. And these words basically can, again, clue you into the fact that maybe your belief isn't 100% true. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just give one example. Maybe you can give one too. Okay. Um, so let's say I'm in this situation I'm, and my situation is, my story is, you know, dating sucks. And, and mm-hmm. I'm just like in this story of like, ugh, I can't stand it. I hate it and whatever. Mm-hmm. So maybe a belief statement would be, um, I believe I, I believe I, I never have any successful um, dates. Okay, maybe. I'm just I'm just throwing this out there mm-hmm. as a as a possibility. Okay. Sure. So I believe I never have any dates that, that make me happy or they're not successful. Mm-hmm. And and I would write that down and then I would ask myself, is that is that hundred percent true? Are you I do you do you never have any dates that are you know, you're never happy on any dates, you know. And again, you're looking for like that one hundred percent. So sometimes someone would say to me, oh, but it's like 90% true. And I said, okay, is it 100% true? Mm-hmm. So for that statement, I would probably say if this were me, again, I'm not in this situation, but I'm just, 
I'm just going with it. Yeah. Um, that it's not 100% true because sometimes there are dates that I am happy. And even though the date, the whole date wasn't 100% the best thing ever, but there are, there were definitely some times that I had fun. That's just one example of a belief statement. Um, would you like to offer another one? Sure. Um, let's see. Um, man, the, the, well, the unsuccessful dates thing covers a lot, but I would mm-hmm. say, um, or it, it doesn't cover a lot, but I mean, it's just, there's a lot of other statements that are kind of like underlying from there. But, um, you know, one thing that I hear a lot is, well, the men I attract, they, they don't want a relationship. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're, they're either, they're emotionally unavailable in some way. They either, they think they want a relationship and then it always falls apart or they ghost or they're just, they're, they're not really in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that could be a belief, a belief statement. I believe that all, you know, all of the men that I date are, are not interested in commitment. Mm-hmm. And, and then you would ask yourself also for that, like, is that a hundred percent true? And I would, I would assume, I would guess, um, that it's not right. Because it's not. I mean, I can just talk about for my own life cause that's what I would have said. Um, when I was dating and I would say, yeah, it's true. And then you asked me if it was a hundred percent, I'd say, well, no, there was like those two guys that I, um, that I think were emotionally available, but I didn't like them anyway. So I broke up with them. That's what mm-hmm. I would have said. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's so. right. Good. Um, another one could be, you know, I believe I, I, I need to find um, a partner mm-hmm. to happy. Mm, yeah, that's a big one. You know? Yeah. I And again, so I'm like, that's like the need and the should and all of those words. They're just key. They're just keys they're to, to kind of clue you in. Yeah. Um, and, and is that 100% true? Do you need someone else to make you happy? And I mean, I could tell you from being in a, in a relationship where I'm married that that's not a hundred percent true. You, anything that you're, that if you're stuck on desire to, if you're stuck on desire for anything, whatever that anything is, is always going to lead to misery. Always. Mm-hmm. It's always going to lead to misery because that, whatever that st- that thing is, it's not going to be, it doesn't last because everything in this world is temporary. So if you're stuck on a desire for whatever it is, if it's a person, if it's like to be a certain weight, if it's to have a certain car, if it's to have a certain home, if it's to live in a certain place, if you're stuck on that desire to have that, whatever that thing is, it's never going to bring you happiness. Mm-hmm. And yeah. happiness is really going to come from, you know, from within. So anyway, so those are three. Yeah. You can go, you could, this is called uncover the step and you can go really deep. And that's right. the idea is to go really deep and to find all of the beliefs, really like dig them all up and yeah. put them out there and really investigate them. Yeah. So, okay. So we'll go on to the next step is, is C and that's for consider. So basically when in the step before in the uncover, the moment that you realize at least one of your beliefs isn't a hundred percent true, then that opens a window of opportunity for you to take another perspective on your story. So in the beginning, we talked about your story, right? And it's in your mind. And it's basically 100% true. 
because it's your story, right? It's your perspective and Mm -hmm. it's 100% true. It's the only way that you're seeing it. But in this step, you're basically willing to say, well, you're already willing to say because it's not 100% true because you just broke it down and you realize that some of your thoughts weren't 100% right or accurate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So here you can say, I'm I'm going to I'm willing to look at it or try to find another perspective. And this step I call it in the book I wrote stretch your considering muscles. Just like in um in yoga or if you do any exercise, you stretch your body and sometimes it's really difficult to stretch mm-hmm. your muscles especially if you haven't stretched in a while. Yeah. So it's the same thing but we're doing this in our minds. We're basically stretching our the neural networks in our minds to come up with as many considerations to the story as possible. And it doesn't mean we need to take all of those considerations on, but we do need to do the work to stretch our minds and broaden the perspective and see what other ways of seeing are possible. So Mm. for example, I'll offer maybe one and then maybe you can offer one too. Um, So, for example, you can say, I can consider, um, I can consider that not all of my dates are going to be 100% perfect, but going on dates is still fun and I'm going to continue doing it. That's just a consideration. Again, you don't have to take it on, but you can, you Mm -hmm. can consider it. You can consider they're not, I can consider not all days are 100% fun. They're not all going to lead to the, you know, Prince Charming, but going on dates is fun and I'm going to continue doing it. Just as an example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Let me think of one that would, I would, I would have said, um, man, that this would be hard because I'm trying to think back to like how I would have thought like five years ago mm. and I would have. Oh man, I would have just been so like, um, you know, like it's, it's not me, it's them or something, you know? (laughs) Um, but I would, okay. Something that I think would be helpful, you know, to have this mind, if I've, you know, had a mindset where I, I only attract emotionally unavailable men, um, I would consider, um, even though like I attract emotionally unavailable men, it doesn't mean that all men are emotionally unavailable mm, and they're really nice. There are really great men out there. Nice. I like that one. Yeah. Um, I think another one could be, um, I can consider, um, I can consider that while I know, finding, um, you know, a partner or going on dates isn't going to make me happy, I can consider ways that I can make myself happy. Mm. I can consider ways of taking care of myself. I can consider ways to promote emotional well-being, regardless if I'm on a date or not on a date or in a relationship or not in a relationship. I can consider taking care of myself on a regular basis. Mm. I like that a lot too. Yeah. Um, I had one in my head, but it just went away. Mm. Um, I don't know. Maybe it'll okay. come to me. I'll, and I'll say it. 
Um, and this is fun. I mean, you could do this, like I said, in writing. You can spend a lot of time with this. You can do this mm -hmm. with another person, whether it's working with a coach or a friend. Right. You can, you know, kind of like go back and forth and you can really come up with a lot. If you really practice to stretch those muscles, mm -hmm. you might realize, wow, you know, I didn't really think that I can consider that, but I, I can consider that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And basically, by the end of this step, you have this long list of considerations. Basically, you take on one of them, at least one. You can take on all of them, but you have to take on at least one to really get unstuck. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is the moment in the process where you are basically transformed. That's the moment where you take on a new consideration. You're taking it on. You're willing to go out into the world with this new perspective. And yet the process doesn't end there. The process ends with the last step, which is K, and that represents OK. So when we get stuck <clears throat> on things, um, we oftentimes, there's a tendency for us to feel um, embarrassed or shame or guilt or resentment for having gotten stuck in the first place. So if you can imagine yourself in a recent you know, situation where you were angry or frustrated or um, or or full of anxiety, and you can kind of just imagine what you looked like or how you were acting. It you, you might not be so proud, right, in that moment for having gotten stuck. And so this step, okay, is a moment for you to offer yourself self compassion and forgiveness for having gotten stuck in the first place, mm -hmm. recognizing that we all get stuck. We got stuck yesterday. We're probably going to get stuck again tomorrow. And in that moment, we say to ourselves, it's okay. I got stuck on frustration, and I forgive myself. And that basically is what wraps up the process. And, um, and you kind of find closure from the process, even though the emotion may linger for, you know, for some time or some days, and it might even come back, and you can process through this again, basically when the moment you say, it's okay, I forgive myself, and you've taken on a new perspective, then you are, you've moved on from that narrow-minded um, kind of stuck place. I love that. It's so easy to beat ourselves, beat ourselves up for, you know, making mistakes or when to, and, and and a lot of times when I'm working with my clients, um, there's always a moment of, I don't know if disenchantment is the right word, but they just learn stuff about themselves, like, um, like the way that they've been talking to themselves or how, you know, their thoughts were creating these situations that they didn't want. And when they realize it's not their quote unquote, it's not their fault, like I never use, that's just blaming, but um, it's, you know, when, when they just have that realization that they were a cre or a part of a, the creation in this, in this situation that they're in, it can be really, really hard, like really hard. Um, and that's why I'm, I, I love that compassion and forgiveness is a part of this process because you have to forgive yourself because if you just get mad at yourself or blame yourself for all your problems, then you're basically just stuck still. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. It's another cycle. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Awesome. So I want to jump back to something you said um, when we were, I think we were talking about um, on the you step, when you were talking about this idea of getting stuck on desire. And 
I think this is really interesting and I want to dig a little bit deeper into because, you know, we have goals and desires and things we want to call into our life, but there seems to be like a line or it's, it's probably a gray area, but a line in which, you know, it's now we're stuck on it or obsessed with it versus like wanting that to be a, something to be a goal or a desire, but not ultimately getting stuck. So can you talk a little bit about the difference between the two? Mm, it's such a great question. Well, you can maybe use the example um, of losing weight or mm-hmm. having like the perfect body. Mm-hmm. Um, we can maybe, if, if that's okay, we can yeah. use that as an example. Sure. Okay. So, um, so let's say that I was having like a terrible winter. I neglected my body. I wasn't exercising. I wasn't eating healthy and, you know, all that stuff. And I found myself like, you know, I don't know, X number of pounds overweight. Mm-hmm. And I woke up one morning and I looked in the mirror and I'm like, oh, how did I do this to myself? I'm so, I'm so disappointed. I'm so angry at myself. How, why did I do this? And I need to lose weight. Like spring is coming, summer is coming, and I need to lose whatever, you know, I need to yeah. lose 30 pounds in order to, to feel, in order to get happy, in order to, um, in, in order to feel good about myself again. Mm-hmm. So here I am, um, I have this desire and, and there is a, and it's dependent on something, right? It's dependent on being a certain weight. And, and the question is, am I am I stuck on it? Am I kind of obsessing about it all the time? Am I, um, is being stuck on it really going to bring me to that place of, of, um, of happiness? So I could, you know, start to exercise and I could start to eat healthy and, um, you know, and I'll start to feel different about myself. And the question is, when I get to that weight, right, whatever that number is or whatever, you know, I, I feel it in my clothes, is that, so actually we're looking at two things. One is like the final product, the final product, which is like the weight or how mm-hmm. I feel in my clothes. And I'm asking myself, is that really going to bring me happiness? Is it, is that thing going to bring me happiness? Um, and my answer would be no, because once, once I'm there, Right. Once I'm that there at that specific weight, or I'm there and I'm feeling good in my clothes, I'm going to find something else to complain about. I'm going to find something else where I'm mm-hmm. not happy about. All of a sudden, right? And I thought like that was the thing, and but but it's not because again, happiness can't be dependent on something else. Happiness can only be something that you find in the moment. And I know it sounds counterintuitive and it's like, well, how am I going to get to lose the weight, right? How am I going to, how am I going to look good if I don't have a goal? And the answer is, is really, is just to be present with what is all of the time. So when I just mentioned a couple of minutes ago that there's really two parts to this. So one is the, the final product and the other is the process. So if I am, you know, in the process of, um, you know, trying to lose weight, and I'm constantly st- stuck on, you know, I can't eat this, and I'm depriving myself of this, and I'm not enjoying the food, and I have a terrible relationship with the food, because I'm counting calories or whatever it is, mm-hmm. then that's not bringing me happiness either. That's bringing right. me complete misery, right on, on the way to try and achieve happiness, right? Mm-hmm. It's, again, 
it's just it's like an upside down um, situation. And yet, what I really could look at instead is okay. Let's let me look for a moment at the winter. What was happening? Why did I gain you know thirty pounds? What happened? Mm-hmm. And if I was really going to be clear with that and honest with myself, then I could recognize, you know, why was I overeating? Where was I? Where was I finding stress in my life? And I was eating out of stress. I was emotionally eating. Mm-hmm. Uh, why am I eating so much sugar? Right? Why? What's going on? And then if I could learn from that and use that in present moment activities when I'm eating, I'll realize that I can eat with a better relationship with food or I can eat when I'm being present and most likely I know it and this is going to be hard to hear and probably your listeners are going to be like what is she talking about but (laughs) you know like the pounds will come off when you're when you're being present right it's when it's when you're being when you're being stressed about it when you're obsessing about it when you're being stuck on it that that's what's making you hold on to all the weight but when you are being present to the situation and you're just allowing what is and you can find happiness in the moment, you're going to realize, well, I don't really need to eat that much. and I don't even know why I'm eating that sugar. I'm, if, I'm, if I'm not emotionally eating, I can be satisfied with, you know, this amount of food. Right. I mean, this, this gets really into something more complicated in terms of right. mindful eating. Um, but that's, that's basically the idea. The idea right. is you can you have like this general idea of a goal um, but at the same time, the idea is to be as present as you can in every moment. Yeah. So the two like lessons that I gleaned from that is, um, so the first thing, and this is something that I say about dating is, you know, extra weight or crappy dating or crappy relationships. We think those are the problems. And so we want to fix that. But they're really just symptoms of another mm. problem. Yes. And this is something that I talk a lot about. And I, and, um, and, and I think, I don't know if Israel is different, but in America, at least our healthcare system is all about like, just fixing the symptoms, you know, like, just rather Mm -hmm. than the underlying issue. So there's not symptoms to be fixed in the first place. So that comes to mind, as you shared that. And the other thing that came to mind is that you can have goals, and dreams and desires, but your happiness isn't conditional on them. Right. I think that's, I think that's what I picked up from what you shared. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I love that because, you know, I I know this is something that you you talked about earlier in the show, but also for me, um, you know, I, I really believed when I was single, I felt like this, I just didn't feel, it's not that I didn't feel fulfilled in life. It was just kind of like, this is it. Like, how do I, what do I do the rest of my life? Like, how do I feel happy? Like, how do I feel fulfilled? And I thought that a relationship or a man would basically solve all of my anxiety that I had around these questions that I was asking myself, like post grad school, I was like, in my mid 20s. And I was like, Oh, my God, there's like no structure anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I thought being in a relationship would solve all that. (laughs) And it didn't. (laughs) Oh, it did. No, no, it doesn't. It's amazing. And then you and then you know, and then maybe you do get into a relationship and you do get married and then you have kids and then the kids are grown. All of a sudden, you're like, I'm not I'm not fulfilled anymore. Again, Mm -hmm. right? It it came up again. I'm not fulfilled. And it's and it has nothing to do with 
the marriage or the, the relationship or, you know, whatever it is. It has, mm-hmm. it, it, it never can be. It can never mm-hmm. be dependent on something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I love that. So I think that's a, a really great note to, to wrap up this interview on just because I think it's such an important point that, you know, I think that you share with your community and certainly a message that I like to share with my community. Um, so if my listeners want to find you, reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? So they can visit me on my website, which is thestuckmethod.com. And they can also find me, I have a Facebook group called Getting Unstuck. Awesome. Yeah. Great. So we'll put links to all of that in the show notes. And the very last question I ask my guests is, what is your favorite way to treat yourself? Hmm. I love that. (laughs) Oh, there are so many ways. I love treating myself. Oh, I treat myself (laughs) all of the time. But my favorite way, I think, um, honestly, I, I, I really treat myself often and I do it in so many ways. So it's hard to pick the one, but I, <laughs> I, I, I want to say yoga. I want to say meditation. I want to say, you know, getting nine hours of sleep. There's some, but I think my favorite one That's actually one. is, um, is creating music. Ooh. I like to, yeah, I like to compose music and for me, that's, just such a treat it's such a treat to have that time the quiet time and um to create it and then and then have and then here i get to hear people singing my creations is like really amazing so that's probably my favorite one today <laughs> that's awesome I, I love that so just like a, a time for yeah just your, to let your creativity flow which is so important and probably yes. needed more in our world yes All right. Well, thank you so much for coming onto the show. I know this is going to help so many of my listeners, and I just really appreciate your time and sharing your wisdom with us. Oh, thank you for having me. It was a treat to be here. Thank you for listening to Date Yourself Radio. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive free coaching with me in an upcoming episode or submit your question. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe to it in iTunes. I would also be so grateful if you left a review since that helps me share the power of dating yourself with more women. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be a part of my community at veronicagrant.com. Until next week, here's to treating yourself the way you want to be treated. Much love and happy dating. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.